Hey, hey everyone, I'm Dan Whedon, and this is a very special episode of Unleashed the Podcast. This episode, my guest is Dr. Tom Lamar of Anchor Chiropractic. This episode was recorded back in June as part of a video series. We're now airing it again because you know what? It's New Year's resolution time and everybody wants to talk about health and wellness and personal and individual performance. Dr. Tom is an expert on that. This episode, pay closely, pay close attention to because you're going to get a lot of great information on how to be better fit, better healthy, and better performing. And I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you that you can catch every single episode of Unleash the Podcast simply by subscribing. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Google Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Find Unleash the Podcast with Dan Whedon and subscribe. Rate us a five, why don't you? But subscribe and please join us on the Facebook page, Unleash the Podcast. For right now, we're ready to dive into some great information and advice from my friend, Dr. Tom Lamar from Anchor Chiropractic. Enjoy. So listen, you I, full transparency for everybody. Dr. Tom is my chiropractor, my personal chiropractor. I bring him everywhere I go. Uh, but no, seriously, <laughs> he a does our family for, yeah. for, for Barb and I. And we've learned a ton from him just around health and healthy practices and, and healthy living. And, and so what I'd like to do today, Dr. Tom, in the midst of this whole, uh, you know, when we do this in June of 2020, we're in the middle of this pandemic. And there's been a refocusing in on health, mental and physical health. And would you mind talking a little bit about some of the things that you've been seeing and some of the ways the people watching this can maybe take some steps forward in creating a better mental and physical health for themselves as they're dealing with this? Well, you know, I think one thing that's uh, for certain, the uh, pandemic has uh, caused us all to slow down, to stop, to take stock in what's important. And, uh, and to reprioritize some things in our life. And, you know, I, I think that health is one of those things. And when you are at home and, quote, stay home, stay healthy, I think it's interesting because it's quite apparent that you can't just stay home and just be healthy. Being healthy requires that you do something. There's got to be some self-responsibility, some self-intention. And so, you know, and during the stay home order, it's giving us a chance to kind of, like I said, re reprioritize, re-look at uh, what's important, what's not important, and to start to think about, you know, how can I improve my health? Because we have this nasty virus that's out there. We can't see it. And so you can, you can become very fearful of this. But if we can stop and recognize that the best defense against this virus is to be strong. I like to say we want to be hard to kill. That should be your mantra. I need to be hard to kill. Like so a gremlin. What? Like a gremlin, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. Like a gremlin. <laughs> you just got to be steel. Nothing can penetrate in. And, and if you can come from that kind of strategy, being hard to kill, um, 
that's really the best uh, approach to this when it comes to your physical health. And then the mental health side is, is understanding that and not letting fear take over and dominate your world. Because the, the irony of fear is that fear actually depresses your immune system. So the very thing that we're trying to build up in the midst of this pandemic is being you know, pushed down by just all this media cons- consumption that we're, we're undergoing that is not necessarily helping us. So one thing that you did that helped me and because so many people are working from home now and may continue to do that even after this, one of the ways you helped me recently was I I noticed that I was having some challenges with the neck and the shoulder and all that and I realized that first of all I was spending more time at the computer at the monitor not only for business, but for personal. I was interacting with people personally. And you gave me a few kind of simple stretches. For those people who find themselves working from home, at least for the time being, and all of a sudden finding that, you know, all, they're, they're kind of bunched up. Can you give some simple advice to help people who are spending more time behind the monitor? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I'll say we are, continuing to see patients here, mm-hmm. uh, mostly patients that are, would fall into the urgent category. And what's interesting is there are two types of people that are rising to the top as far as you know, conditions and things that we're seeing. Uh, number one would be, I'm calling it over-gardening. <laughs> people that are, <laughs> that are you know, really pouring themselves into their yards. One of my patients uh, correctly stated, he goes, you know, there's going to be a lot of pretty yards this year. And it's true. <laughs> there's a lot of people that are focusing on that and for a lot of different reasons. Um, but uh, So there's a lot of gardening injuries. The second type of injuries I'm seeing, though, are people that are working at home. And what's interesting about that is for the first time ever, there are people that are working from home that have never worked from home. And... Well, at first, you know, blush, that might sound like an, an awesome idea because you've got all the creature comforts of your home. The refrigerator's just right down the hall. And, you know, if you've got your comfy couch and all this stuff, it actually can be quite dangerous in some respects because your office at home, your office at home isn't necessarily as ergonomic as the one that you had at the office at work. And so while it might work for, you know, a day or two or three, when, I mean, here, what are we like, you know, we're months into this now mm-hmm. and asking people to, uh, to just be in that, in that environment. And the thing is, is that what's, what's detrimental about that is the posture that you create over time. And so we need to make sure that we're having good posture when we are, um, you know, at our home office. And that might mean, you know, doing things like making sure that your monitor is at eye level. Um, if you're on a laptop all the time, that could be a problem. So sometimes you need to get maybe uh, um, an external keyboard that would plug in and raise your monitor up. You know, get some get some old phone books or <laughs> encyclopedias and and raise your laptop up so it's at at eye level, so you're not straining your neck. Um, but and I take- actually have just I have this laptop thing. I don't even know what it's called. I purchased it, but it's it's one of those that'll raise it up at an angle so it 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 comes up. Those are like ten bucks. So there's there's ways to yeah. go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, you know, yeah. ten bucks is not a lot of money. Or you know, just use what you have laying around sometimes, right. just to just to to be. You know, sometimes you need to be innovative too. You don't need sure. to have you know the the ten thousand dollar desk or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, spending 
when you're at home, here's something else that happens. When you're at the office, you might get interrupted on a consistent basis. Getting interrupted is kind of good for the body because it gives you a chance to reset. But if you're at home, I mean, there might be a opportunities for you just to work for a really extended periods of time. And that can really wreak havoc on, on the spine and on the nervous system over time. So it's important that you take frequent breaks just to stop. It doesn't have to be anything that's, you know, overblown, but just a chance to stop and kind of maybe do a, a stretch or two. Um, as far as stretches, what can you do? I think that's where you were going with this. But um, uh, one that one of my favorites is you're just going to sit up or stand up nice and straight, probably stand up because you've been sitting. Uh, so you're going to stand up nice and straight, have great posture and just kind of, so you can see me, you're just going to kind of <laughs> bring your arms up and, and I want you to squeeze your shoulder blades back, kind of like you're trying to pinch a pencil between your shoulder blades. We're not trying to crack peanuts or anything, but we're right. just trying to, you just want to hold those muscles and, and really try to engage those muscles for about three to five seconds and then relax. And I want you to do as many of those as you can do well. So you want to have great posture when you're doing this and really, you know, laser focused intention and do that for uh, maybe just five to 10 reps and you're back in the game. You know, and I'll, I, one thing after talking with you and doing it I, that I did, I, I set my alarm for 90 minutes so that at the very worst, yes, I would be in the same position. I have a standing desk uh, or one that, that can lift up. And so whatever it was, I was going to change something at the, at the most or at the worst every 90 minutes. And that really came from after having that conversation because you're right. We can get going. I work from, I've been working from home for 15 years, but I was always going to see people and do stuff and, right. and moving. And so I found myself, even in my, my personal things, uh, doing this. So I want to transition a little bit because we, I think we all know that this is, this is a, a challenging time and we all have to deal with crisis in, in different ways. I think, though, what you mentioned is this is a time to really take stock about your health in kind of a, a more holistic, global, 35,000 foot, really a great time to say, okay, maybe I'm making some changes now. Maybe I'm doing some things. How do you make sure that moving out of this crisis and into the new normal or however that looks, how do you make sure that some of the gains that you've made stay part of your, your, your pattern? Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it's important that, you know, we are, first of all, identifying the things that are important in our life. And, and then also, you know, just being really real. We have a, a formula that we use for the 100-year lifestyle. We talk about more people than ever are living to the age of 100. And so if you look at your family tree and you ask yourself, who is the oldest person in my family? I mean, in other words, who has lived the longest, even if they've passed away, take their age. So let's say that age is 95 and you currently are 55. Well, if you do the math, there's 40 more years left in the bank there that you potentially could have. The DNA already kind of shows that that's very possible. The question is, what is the quality of those 40 years going to look like? And whether you realize it or not, you have more control over how that story plays out by the choices you make today in the present. So it's really important that, you know, that we look at and we, and we seize the opportunity that this pandemic has given us to say, you know what, bad things can happen and bad things do happen. But, 
you know, Dan, if you, and in your, in your position, you probably see it. There were probably some of your clients that were better positioned than some of your other clients. In other words, you know, not everybody is going through this. We're all in it together, but, but I've noticed that there are different people that are being impacted differently. And a lot of it has to do with how you prep for it. You know, were, were you ready for this on some level? Nobody would have predicted, you know, necessarily um, the coronavirus, but are you ready for a crisis? Because the point is, is that crises happen all the time. It's how well can your body adapt to that crisis? And, uh, I oh, I, and I want to, I'm going to cut in really quick because I, I like what you're saying. And I want to, I want to even take that to the next level. I do business continuity planning. And my goal is to make sure that these, my clients as businesses are hard to kill. I really like yes. that, gonna, that, they're hard to hard, kill. that they're hardy, that they're hard to kill and that they're ready and prepared. And, and CEOs, they get that. They say, yeah, I got to do this and they do this. I think when we take it to ourselves at a next level, being on a personal level, uh, too many CEOs and business owners don't look at themselves as a warrior, don't look at themselves as an athlete. Yet we have to understand that in order to run our businesses well, we got to be at a high, we have to be a high performing athlete. Let's just say that a high performing athlete. And so that's really, in a sense, what you're talking about is not only for your personal life, but if you think of it as a business thing, if you're not at your best, you're letting down your company. You know, don't they say that the, the worst number in business is one? Meaning that, you know, you need, you need some redundancy built in. Yeah. And um, oftentimes the CEO is one. <laughs> and it, they, they may have all this great redundancy built underneath them. But if they're not there to run the ship, uh, you know, it's, it's only sustainable for, for so long. And right. so it's very important. And especially as we get into smaller businesses, uh, you know, you've, you've got CEOs wearing multiple hats. And, um, and then you have people that are depending on you as a CEO to, uh, to show up to work, to turn the crank, to create the vision, to, to make it happen. So, you know, so they can put food on their tables. So, you know, the, the choices that you make impact more than just you, it impacts a lot of people and it ripples out. So it, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, if, if you've been maybe on a, a path that, you know, isn't the best, um, to take stock in where you're at and say, you know what? This is a good pivot point for me moving forward to make it different. So to pivot point, you'd mentioned the 100-year lifestyle, and I see the very fancy banner behind you. I, I want you to take just a few minutes and talk about the, the whole concept of crisis care. Um, and I forget the middle care. I apologize. I, the critical <laughs> care, the cri- critical care and well, lifestyle yeah. care. Get into that, into that. main. Can you talk a little bit about that whole uh, 100-year lifestyle uh, a little bit more right now? Yeah, sure. Um, the whole 100-year lifestyle is, you know, we were talking about the empire formula, the minimum potential years remaining. Right. This idea that, you know, um, nobody wants to live into their 80s, their 90s, or even 100 and beyond um, and just survive. I mean, it, it is true that people are living longer and longer lives. You know, open up the newspapers uh, and the magazines that they're talking about it. The, the longevity researchers are showing that people are just living longer. And it's not necessarily that there's better medicine or better scientific advances. Sure, those things are happening and those things help contribute to that. But it's just that our, our bodies are finding ways to adapt. As a human race, we are adapting to the craziness that's out there in the world. And, you know, we're, we're all afraid of this, this virus right now. Um, and one of the things that we're afraid of is that 
it too is going to find ways to adapt. I mean, you look at uh, like the whole antibiotic thing. When, when antibiotics came out when the, in the 50s or so, I mean, MDs were considered gods. <laughs> they were just like, you know, oh, I've got this problem. Oh, here's an antibiotic. And here's an antibiotic. And they kept doing that. What happened? We started developing, you know, uh, bacteria that were resistant to antibiotics. And it wasn't that the antibiotics didn't work anymore or that they were ineffective. It's just that the, the viruses or rather, excuse me, the bacteria just got stronger. They, they just got stronger and they came up with a different strategy. And so our bodies are doing the same thing all the time too. But we don't want just to survive longer. We want to be able to thrive and enjoy those years because most of us have things that we've been, you know, wanting to do. And the 100-year lifestyle says, hey, why don't you just start living your life right now with the idea that you're going to live to 80, 90, or even 100 and beyond. So get there in style and enjoy every day along the way and not rot away like a human preservative in a nursing home. And so when you look at the, at the continuum that you see behind me, way over here is, is crisis. And this is the area where a lot of people do health. It's the area where, you know, it's the, the goal is relief and stability. And we're just, you know, the whole hospital system works there. And unfortunately, a lot of people, that's as far as they go. Yeah. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the um, health insurance um, companies out there, actually, I would say 99.9% .9 of them are all about just kind of keeping you in that, keeping you stable, at least just slightly out of pain. And you're never fully getting away over to this other side, which is lifestyle. And so the, the crisis is helping people to get out of pain, helping to stabilize their condition. Think of a, a house that's on fire. Get the flames out, make sure the flames are out, and then take them into the critical transition. This is where the body has a chance. Once you take somebody out of that crisis kind of component, and we're like, right now we're all in crisis. This pandemic has put this cloud of crisis over all of us. But when your body is like that, I mean, we all feel it. It's, it's exhausting. You, you can only pump so much adrenaline into your system for so long and it just becomes like you don't get any sleep. You're not healing. You don't right. feel good. You're not digesting your food right. And unfortunately, that becomes normal for some people, you know, normal. But you get somebody out of that and you move them into the critical transition to try to get them over to the lifestyle component. The critical transition is where the body has a chance to regenerate and it has a chance to rehabilitate and get stronger uh, without these, all this other stuff going on. So it's kind of like we're trying to create an environment, Dan, for the body to safely say, hey, I can heal now. And they're going to heal from the inside out. That's the critical transition. And then lifestyle care is getting somebody to a place where they're at an optimum level of health and peak fitness. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be perfect, but it means that they're hard to kill. Okay. Right, right. I like. I, I think I, I like. I like going with that. Hey, last thought. I'd. I'd like you uh, at one point to tell everybody how they can reach, especially those here in the local area. But talk a little bit about the importance of uh, chiropractic, and I. I, I. I'm a convert to it. I. I believe in it. Talk a little bit about the whole concept of uh, keeping everything kind of in line, and then how do how do people reach you? Yeah, well, you know, chiropractic at its most fundamental level is just helping somebody to adapt better to the environment. We work specifically with the spine and the nervous system, and that's really important because it controls everything. We, we call it your natural IT system. It's kind of yeah. like when your spine is lined up and all those vertebrae are where they should be and they're moving correctly, 
all the nerves that, that, that come out, there's 33 pairs, they go everywhere in your body and it's kind of like you have high-speed internet. When you have high-speed internet and you combine that with good lifestyle choices, you know, what you eat, what you think, and, and how you move, um, your body wants to be healthy. That's the default. People that are struggling, that are in pain, there's, there's an interruption in that system. And, and so it has to kind of go to plan B. And it's always becomes, some people live in plan B, unfortunately. So uh, chiropractic is really helping the body to adapt by allowing the health of the spine and the nervous system to rise up and to, and to become the normal dominant uh, uh, status of that, of that person. And uh, so, and so to, how do you reach me? Well, I'm an anchor chiropractic. We are in Kingston, not Kingston, Jamaica. So if you're Googling it, uh, (laughs) type in Kingston chiropractor, you're probably going to see somebody in Jamaica, but it's Kingston, Washington. We're at anchor chiropractic. Um, I've been here since 1997 and uh, it's just, uh, it's every day, even in the midst of a pandemic um, is, is, is great to work with people and it's it's always exciting and interesting it's even though everyone has a spine everyone has a different story that goes with that spine yeah. and that's what makes it unique and fun to do well dr so, tom it's been a pleasure having you thank you for being on my first season uh, i'll be seeing you soon uh, to, to make sure that uh, i keep my head on straight uh, but for right now thank you very much for having joined us and thank all of you for joining us uh, in this episode keep watching uh, Keep working hard, keep staying healthy, and above all, be unleashed. I'm Dan Whedon. Thanks again for listening to Unleash the Podcast. This episode with Dr. Tom Lamar was aired last June. I hope that you found it of great interest. Please subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Amazon Music to Unleash the Podcast. Very best to you, and please be unleashed.